morning. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Fernando. I am a Christian in recovery. I had trouble with not only with alcohol, but with sin. I had trouble with uh, being a liar, compulsive liar. You wake up and you realize you're a compulsive liar. Well, that's what happens when you come into the 12-step program. Truth is right in the middle of the program, right in the middle of the room. Truth, which is God, which is being acknowledged all the time in 12-step groups. You know, we ask you, our only authority in tradition two is to be our guide and our counsel. We seek the counsel of God, and when we come into his presence, there he is, right there. Helping us, holding us, making us come to, so we come to to believe, we come to to believe. Very easily, when we're ready, the group shows up. When we're ready, the 12-step program is up. Now we have to be on guard from any any lazy people that would uh, offend us in the program. And do not work the program as hard as we are, or are offended by our enthusiasm for the program, for God, for others. There will always be sickles, and we don't want to be one of those anymore. I don't. I want to be true, tried, and tested, and ready to go, ready to help, ready to be of help. Okay, just, this is by circumstance and by chance that happened. Today we're going to be reading... I consider it in the kitchen, and it popped up in my computer. I had Proverbs 17. I don't know what happened. Now we're at John 14. Now this is, I don't remember hitting here, and I'm back and forth, so here we go. Let's pray. Here we go with a prayer. Lord, I set aside everything I think I know about you, Lord. Everything I think I know about myself, about others, about this program, these steps, the Word of God, for a fresh new revelation in these things, Lord. Guide my heart, my hand, guard us, guide us, Lord, and guard us, Lord, as we proceed forward in your Word, Lord, allowing you to enter into our hearts and love us and keep us and hold us and make us brand new for today, Lord. We seek your face in Jesus' name. Amen. John 14, Amplified Bible. Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your heart be troubled, afraid, cowardly. Believe confidently in God and trust him. Have faith, hold on to, rely on, keep going, and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again, and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. And to the place where I'm going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the only way. I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
If you have really known me, you would have known my father from now on. You know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will satisfy us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long, and yet you don't know me yet? Philip, nor recognize me clearly who I am? Anyone who sees me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father in me? The words I say to you I do not say on my own initiative or authority, but the Father abiding continually in me does his works, his attesting miracles and acts of power. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Otherwise believe because of the very works themselves you have witnessed. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. This I will do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You be my representative. If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper a comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive and take it to heart, because it does not see Him nor know Him. But you know Him because He, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. On that day, when the time comes, you will know for yourself that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. Judas, not as scary, ask him, Lord, what has happened that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, If anyone really loves me, he will keep my word, teaching him my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. One who does not really love me does not keep my words, and the words teaching which you hear is not mine, but is the Father who sent me. I have told you these things that while I am with you, but the Helper, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Intercessor, Counselor, Strengthener, Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, He will teach you all things, and He will help you remember everything that I have told you. Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give unto you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance, and give you courage and strength for every challenge. You heard me tell you, I am going away, and I am going back to you. 
If you really love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going back to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so when it does take place, you may believe and have faith in me. I will not speak with you much longer, for the ruler of the world, Satan, is coming, and he has no claim on me, no power over me, nor anything that he can use against me. But so that the world may know without any doubt that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father has commanded me, and act in full agreement with him. Get up, let us go. That was chapter 14 of John. Notice that he says, My peace I leave with you. This peace is grant, Lord, grant me the, the peace. God, grant me the peace that I may know you and know how to do situations. So that's pretty cool. Reveal yourself to me, Lord. Help me to walk in your presence. Okay, let's go to uh, John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes, so that I will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have given you. The teaching which I have discussed with you, remain in me and I will remain in you, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branch. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken out branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them in the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. For my Father is glorified in honor by this, when you bear my truth and prove yourself to be my true disciples. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandment and remain in His love, I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. This is my commandment, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another, just as I have loved you. No one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep on doing what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you my friends because I have revealed to you Everything that I have heard from my Father, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and have appointed and placed purposely planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing so that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask the Father in my name as my representative, he may give to you. 
This is what I command you, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. If the world hates you, and it does, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you belong to the world, the world will love you as its own and will treat you with affection. But you are not of the world. You no longer belong to it. But I have chosen you out of the world, and because of this, the world hates you. Remember and continue to remember that I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But they will do all these hurtful things to you for my name's sake, because you bear my name and are identified with me. For they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have the guilt of their sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done among them the works of testing miracles which no one else ever did, they would not have the guilt of their sin. Since now the fact is they have both seen the works and have hated me and continue to hate me and my father as well. But this is so that the word which have been written in their law would be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby comes, whom I will send into you from the Father, that it is the Spirit of truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify and bear witness about me, but you will testify also and be my witness because you have been with me from the beginning. John 16 Jesus warning I have told you these things that you will not stumble or be caught off guard and fall away. They will put you out of the synagogues and make you outcasts. And a time is coming when whoever kills you will think that he is offering service to God. And they do, will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. I have told you these things now so that when their time comes, you will remember that I told you about them. I did not say these things to you at the beginning because I was with you. Now... I am going to send I am going to him who sent me and none of you ask where are you going but because I have said these things sorrow has filled your hearts and taken complete possession of them but I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper comforter advocate intercessor counselor strengthener standby will not come to you but if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world, the guilt of sin, and the need for a Savior. And about righteousness, and about judgment, and sin, and the true nature of it, because they don't believe in me and my message. About righteousness, personal integrity, and godly character. Because I am going to my Father, and you will no longer see me. About judgment, the certainty of it, because of the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged and condemned. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot 
bear to hear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth, full and complete truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father. The message regarding the Son and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. He will glorify and honor me because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Because of this, I said that he, the Spirit, will take from what is mine and will reveal it to you. A little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean when he tells us a little while and you will not see me? And again, a little while and you will see me. And because I am going to my Father. So they were saying, what does he mean when he says a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him. And he said to them, are you wondering among yourselves about what I meant when I said a little while? And you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. I assure you, most solemnly say to you, that you will weep and grieve in great mourning, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has pain because her time to give birth has not come. But when she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of her joy that a child has come into the world. So for now you are in grief, but I will see you again, and then your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away from you your great joy. Prayers promised. And that day you will not need to ask me about anything. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name as my representative, he will give you. Until now you have not asked the Father for anything in my name. But now ask and keep on asking and you will receive that your joy may be full and complete. I have told you these things in figurative language, veil language, proverbs. The hour is now coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I am not saying to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, because it will be unnecessary. For the Father himself tenderly loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came from the Father. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly to us, and not a figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things, and have no need for anyone to ask you. Because of this, we believe without any doubt that you come from God. Jesus answered him, Do you now at last believe? Come, take careful notice. An hour is coming and has arrived when you all be scattered, each to his own home, leaving me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulations and distress and sufferings. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. John 17. The High Priestly Prayer. 
When Jesus had spoken these things, he raised his eyes to heaven in prayer and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that your Son may glorify you, just as you have given him power and authority over all mankind. Now glorify him so that he may give eternal life to all whom you have given him to be his permanently and forever. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true, supreme, and sovereign God, and in the same manner know Jesus as the Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me with yourself, with the glory and majesty that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name and revealed your very self, your real self, to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me, and they have kept and obeyed your word. Now at last they know with confident assurance that all of you have given me is from you. It is really and truly yours. For the words which you have given me, I have given them, and they received and accepted them and truly understood with confidence and assurance that I came from you, from your presence, and they believed without any doubt that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you, and all things that are mine are yours, and all things that are yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, yet they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name with you, which you have given me. And I guarded them and protected them. Not one of them was lost except the son of destruction, so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them, filling their hearts with my delight. I have given to them your word, the message you gave me, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world and do not belong to the world. Just as I am not of the world and do not belong to it, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you help them and protect them from the evil. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purpose. Make them holy. Your word is truth, just as you commissioned and sent me into the world. I also have commissioned and sent them, believers, into the world, for their sake I sanctify myself to do your will, so that they also may be sanctified, set apart, dedicated, made holy in your truth. I do not pray for these alone. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all those who will ever believe and trust in me through their message, that they all may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be with us, 
so that the world may believe without any doubt that you sent me. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one, just as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may be perfect and complete into one, so that the world may know without any doubt that you sent me, and that you have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me as your gift to me may be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me, because you loved me before the foundations of the world. O just and righteous Father, although the world has not known you, and has never acknowledged you and the revelation of your mercy. Yet I have always known you, and these believers know without any doubt that you sent me, and I have made your your name known to them, and will continue to make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, overwhelming their heart, and I may be in them. Today's study is on Luke 1, verses 6 through 7, comma, to 24, 25. Huh. Okay, and it's going to consist of all the verses. I'm going to read them all. Luke 1, 1 through 25. But first is today's study. Zechariah and Elizabeth were both godly people. Zechariah and Elizabeth didn't merely go through the motions in following God's law. Their obedience was from the heart, which is why they are called righteous in God's eyes. Righteous in God's eyes. Yet despite their obedience, they suffered. Zechariah and Elizabeth had been childless for many years. And at this time, they were too old to expect any change in their situation. In Jewish culture culture, children care for their parents in their old age and added to the family's financial security and social status. Children were considered a blessing and childlessness was seen as a curse. The couple felt humiliated and hopeless, but God was planning for the right time to encourage them and remove their disgrace. If you are suffering, it may not be because of any sin in your life, it may be God's timing. If you are praying fervently, God may be changing you instead of your circumstances. Huh. You can have complete confidence that God will keep his promises. What God promises, he delivers. His fulfillment may not be tomorrow, but it will be at the proper time. Luke one twenty. Boy, that is huge. It's really huge. Reminds me of Abraham and Sarah. They too had a incredible miracle to believe and to continue to believe. Okay, Luke 1, 1 through 25. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness report 
circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. Emphasize very. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. When Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel, angel said, to, said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterwards, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 56. 
Today's study will be zeroing in on Luke on verses 26 to 31 and verse 38. Today's commentary. Mary was young, poor, and female. To the people of first century Israel, these characteristics seemed like handicaps to serving God in any important way. A young unmarried girl who became pregnant risked disaster. She risked remaining unmarried for life unless the baby's father agreed to marry her. She risked being forced into begging or prostitution to support herself if her own father rejected her. And Mary risked being considered crazy as well with her story about becoming pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But God chose Mary for one of the most important acts of obedience he has ever asked of anyone. Why did he choose someone with so little social training? For the very same reason that Mary willingly accepted so many risks. She had an attitude that God could use. Mary responded to Gabriel, I am the Lord's servant, Luke 138. Mary knew that God was asking her to serve him, and she willingly obeyed. You may feel that you're incapable, inexperienced, or inadequate for God's service, or you may see insurmountable obstacles that have no clear resolutions. But God, God's call isn't based primarily on ability, skill, or knowledge. God is looking for people with a servant's attitude. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 56. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. A few days later, later Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Elizabeth gave glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in me womb and my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty eyes. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made the promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then went back to her own home. Luke 1 through 57 and 80. Chapter 1, verses 57 through 80. Today's study zeroes in on Luke 159. Verse 59. Zechariah prophecy follows right after John's circumcision. Circumcision was a sign of Israel's covenant relationship with God. God commanded a circumcision when he was forming Israel to be his holy nation. Genesis 17, 4 through 14. Circumcision represented participation in the covenant and also identification with the people of Israel. This ceremony celebrated the babies becoming part of God's covenant nation. Zechariah's prophecy expressed much the same idea. In it, he recalled hundreds of years of God's sovereign work in history beginning with Abraham. Then he personalized the story. John's circumcision connected John not just with his family and not just with first century Israel, but with the followers of God through history. In Galatians 2, Paul likens Jewish circumcision to the Christian sacrament of baptism. For Christians, baptism has become a sign of our relationship with God but it also signifies our identification with all believers, past, present, and future. Our baptism is not a private act of faith. It's a public celebration that brings us into community with the whole body of Christ. If you haven't been baptized, consider doing it so at your church. If you have been baptized, rejoice in being part of the body of Christ. I've been baptized a couple of times formally by churches and a couple of times informally by individuals in the ocean or lakes and streams and sometimes in pools. Uh, the one at the church was very rewarding. In front of uh, about 350 people, I felt the, uh, the uh, anointing. I felt the sanctification when I came out of the water. Water hooks us up with other believers. It's, um, 
networking resource. All right, Luke 1, 57 to 80. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? They exclaimed. There's no one in your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, His name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. All awe fell upon the whole neighborhood. And the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercies, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. March 15, Luke 157 to 80. Excuse me, we're on March 16th. And that will be Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 35. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home, he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. 
He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in stripes of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in stripes of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone that what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they have heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given by him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for the purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must dedicate it to the Lord. So they they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a part of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him into the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus, to the Lord, as the law required, Simon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. 
when Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, thy baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. The first letter of John, reading from the Revised Standard Version. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon in touch with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we saw it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing this that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live according to the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. 1 John chapter 5 Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is a child of God. And everyone who loves the, the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. <clears throat> Who is it that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who come, came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the witness because the Spirit is the truth. There are three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and th these three agree. If we receive the testimony of man, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God, that he borne witness to his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. In himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne to his Son. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not the Son has not life. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you are, have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have in him. 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have obtained the request made of him. If anyone sees his brother committing what he is not a mortal sin, he will ask and God will give him life for those whose sin is not mortal. There is a sin which is mortal. I do not say that one is to pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin which is not mortal. We know that anyone born of God does not sin, but he who was born of God kept him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that anyone born of God does not sin, but he who has born of God, but he who was born of God keeps him, and the devil does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world is in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding to know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. First John chapter 2. My little children, I am writing this to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the expiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we may be sure that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, but disobeys his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, love for God is perfected. By this we may be sure that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Beloved, I am writing you a new commandment, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new commandment which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness still. He who loves his brother abides in the light and in it. There is no cause for stumbling. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young man, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young man, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passes away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come, therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might be plain that, all, that they all are not of us.
But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all know. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and know that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you hear from the beginning abide in you. If what you hear from the beginning abides in you, then you will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us, eternal life. I write this to you about those who will deceive you, but the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. As his anointing teaches you about everything and is true, and is no lie, just as he has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who does right is born of him. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when, when he appears, he shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who does hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who does the right is righteous and he who is righteous as he is righteous and he who commits sin is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the God the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil no one born of God commits sin for God his nature abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God by this it may be seen who are we who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil? Whoever does not do right is not of God, nor he who does not love his brother. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another and not be like Cain, who was off of the devil, one of the evil one, and murder his brother. And why did he murder him? because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not wonder, brethren, that the world hates you. We know that we have had passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his hearts against him, how does God love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or in speech, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth, 
and reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our strengths do not condemn us, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask, because we keep his commandments and do what he pleases him. And this is the commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. All who keep his commandments abide in him, and he in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit which he has given us. Beloved, number chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit which confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist in which you have heard that is coming. And now it is in the world already. Little children, you are of God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, what they say is of the world, and the world listens to them. We are of God. Whoever knows God listens to us. And he who is not of God does not listen to us. By this we may know that the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the expiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No man has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we... By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his own soul. And we have seen and testified that the Father has seen his Son, that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we know and believe the love of God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. And in this is love perfected, which us. In this his, is love perfected in us, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There, he, he, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And he who fears is not perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone... If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God should love his brother also. 
John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17 from the Revised Standard Version. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you have known me, you would have known my Father also. Henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we shall be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and yet you do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me will do also the thing works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counselor, and he will give you another and he will be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you desolate, desolated. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you will live also. And that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not as scared, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If a man loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You heard me say to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. He has no power over me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Chapter 15. I am the vine, 
and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can't do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be full and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay, a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, I may give it to you. This is my command, commanding you, this I command you, to love one another. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember that the world, word that I said to you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will persecute you. If they keep my word, they will keep yours also. But all this they will do to you on my account, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sinned. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. It is to fulfill the word which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the counselor comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, even the Spirit truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to me. And you also are witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16. I have said all this to you to to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogue. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do this because they have not known the Father or nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember I told you of them. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, 
Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, your sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I, if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. And of righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. A judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while and you will see me no more. Again, a little while and you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while you will be not see me. Again, a little while you will see me. And because I go to the Father, they said, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he means. Jesus knew what they were wanting to ask him. So he said to them, Is this what you were asking yourself, what I mean by asking a little while? And you will not see me a little while, and you still not, will not see me. And again, a little while, you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. When a woman's in travail, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she is deli delivered of the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a child is born into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take you your joy from you. In that day, you will ask me no questions. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask anything of the Father, he will give it to you in my name. Hitherto, you have asked nothing in my name, Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said this to you in figurative. The hour is coming when I shall no longer speak to you in figures, but, but tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will pray the Father to you for you, for the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. I came from the Father. I do not say to you that I, will, oh, I shall pray for the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Oh, now you are speaking plainly. Not in any figure. Now we know that you know all things and need none to question you. By this we believe that you are, came from God. Jesus answered. 
that you came from the Father. I came from the Father and have come into the world again. I am leaving the world and going to the Father. The disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly, not as any figure. Now we know that you know all things and need none of the questions you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe the hour is coming? Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered every man to his home and will have me and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone for the Father. In the world you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have said this to you, that in me you may have peace. When Jesus has spoken these words, he lifted up his chapter 17. When Jesus has spoken these words, he has lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee. Since thou hast given him power over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom thou hast given him. And this is the eternal life, that we know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I glorify thee on earth, having accomplished the work which thou gavest to me to do. And now, Father, glorify thy Thou me in thy own presence with the glory which I had with thee before the world was made. I have manifested thy name to the man whom thou gave me out of the world. Thine, thine they were, and thou gave them to me, and they have kept their word. Now they know that everything that thou hast, everything that thou hast given me is from thee. For I have given them the words which you have gave me, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from thee. They have believed that thou didst sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are of thine. All mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me, for they are thine. All mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to thee, Holy Father. Keep them in the name which thou hast given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in the name which thou hast given me, and I have guarded them, and none of them has lost but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I am but now I am coming to thee, and these things I speak into the world, so that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not Pray that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that, that thou shouldst keep them. I do not pray that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shalt keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. As thou didst send me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be consecrated in truth. I do not pray for these only, 
I do not pray for these only, but also for those who are to believe in me through their word, that they may be all one, even as even as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that I also may be in us, so that they, the, I in thee, and that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. The glory which thou hast given me, I have given them, to them, that they may be one in seven, as we are one. I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I am them. I have give, the glory which thou hast given me. I have given them to them, and that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that thou they must may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that thou uh, that the world may know that thou hast loved them. That thou hast sent me and hast loved them, even as thou hast loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom thou hast given me may be with me where I am, to behold my glory, which thou hast given me. Behold my glory, which thou hast given me in the love for me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. I have made known, O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. And I have known these known, and thou hast sent me. I made known to them, I have made known to them the name, and I will make it known, that the love which thou hast, hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Amen. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Heavenly Father, give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, that you said in your word not to worry or surrender our fear. Lord, that we may believe in God and trust in you and believe that all is well. All is well. Thank you, Father, for the reading of John 14, 15, 16, 17 in the uh, New Passion Translation. We ask you to give us your approval, give us your love as we exercise your words in our minds and our hearts and our imaginations, Lord, that we may see the peace and the blessing and the joy that's in your word and rehearsing your word. We thank you for being our father. Thank you for being our daddy. Thank you for guiding us in and day out and helping us in our everyday work lord we need you we ask you for your help help us today lord god to learn to plant seeds to harvest and enjoy our existence lord thank you all is well we declare it spring up oh well spring up within our hearts spring up oh well and give to us that life abundantly that jesus came to give amen here we go john 14 don't worry or surrender your fear for you believe in God, now trust and believe in me also. My Father's house has many dwelling places. If it were it otherwise, I would tell you plainly. Because I go to prepare a place for you to rest, and when everything is ready, 
I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. And you already know the way to the place where I am. Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you are going, so how could we know the way there? Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Philip spoke up, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be all that we need. Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know who I am? How can you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father. For he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. Believe that I li live as one with the Father and that my Father lives as one with me. Or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. Come on now. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these because I go to my Father to be with him. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show that the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as our as orphans I will come back to you soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too so when the day comes you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me for I will be living in you those who truly love me are those who obey my commands Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father, and I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my love, my life within you. Then one of the disciples named Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, Lord, why is it you will only reveal your identity to us and not to everyone? Jesus replied, Loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. But those who don't love me will not obey my words. The Father did not send me to speak my own revelation, but the words of my Father. I am telling you this while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name. And he will inspire you, you to remember every word that I told you.
I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your heart. Instead, be courageous. Remember what I told you, that I must go away. But I promise to come back to you. So if you truly love me, you will be glad for me, since I am returning to my Father, who is greater than I. So when all of these things happen, you will still trust and cling to me. I won't speak with you much longer, for the ruler of this dark world is coming, but he has no power over me, for he has nothing to use against me. I am doing exactly what the Father destined for me to accomplish, so that the world will discover how much I love the Father. Now come with me. Jesus the Living Vine Chapter 15 I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vines is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. You must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separate from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live a life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continue to let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and for I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. My purpose for you, for telling you these things, is that so that your joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my command, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his love, life for his friends. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I called you my most intimate friends, for I revealed to you everything that I heard from my Father. You didn't choose me, but I chose and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit, and your fruit will last, because whatever you ask of my Father, for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. True disciples can expect persecution. Just remember, when the unbelieving world hates you, they first hated me. If you were to give your lives to the world, they will love and welcome you as one of their own. 
but because you won't align yourself with the values of this world, they will hate you. I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. So remember what I taught you, that a person isn't superior to his master. And since they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they obey my teaching, they will also obey yours. They will treat you this way because you are mine, and they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and revealed myself to the unbelieving world, they would not feel the guilty of their sin. But now their sin is left uncovered. If anyone hates me, they hate my father also. If I had not performed miracles in their presence like no one else, one has done, they would not feel the guilt of their sins. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father, and all of this has happened to fulfill what is written in the scripture. They hated me for no reason. And I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth emanating from the father, and he will speak to you about me. And you will tell everyone the truth about me, for you have walked with me from the start. 16. I have told you this so that you will not surrender to confusion or doubt, for you will be excommunicated from the synagogue, and a time is coming when you will be put to death by misguided ones who will presume to be doing God a great service by putting you to death. And they will do this things because they don't know anything about the Father or me. I am telling you this now so that when the time comes, you will remember that I foretold you. I didn't tell you this in the beginning because I was still with you. But now that I am about to leave you and go back to join the one who sent me, you need to be told. Yet not one of you are asking me where I am going. Instead, your hearts are filled with sadness because I told you these things. But here's the truth. It's, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. Sin, because they refuse to believe in who I am. God's righteousness, because I am going back to join the Father and you'll see me no longer. And judgment because the ruler of this dark world has already received his sentence. There is so much more I would like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That's why I say the, the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while you will see me in a new way. Some of his disciples ask each other, what does he mean, soon you won't see me, and a little while after that you'll see me in a new way? And what does that he mean, because I am going to the Father? 
So they kept on repeating, what's the meaning of a little while? We have no clue what he's talking about. Jesus knew what they were thinking, and it was obvious that they were anxious to ask him what he had meant. So he spoke up and said, Let me make it quite clear. You will weep and be overcome with grief over what happens to me. The unbelieving world will be happy while you be filled with sorrow, but know this. Your sadness will turn into joy when you see me again. Just like a woman giving birth experiences intense labor pains and delivering her baby, yet after the child is born, she quickly forgets what she went through because of the overwhelming joy of knowing that a new baby has been born into the world. So will you also pass through a time of intense sorrow when I am taken from you? But you will see me again, and then your heart will burst with joy, with no one being able to take it from you. For here is eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask Him for anything you desire, and He will give it to you because of your relationship with me. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name. But now you can ask and keep on asking Him, and you can be sure that you will receive what you ask for, and your joy will have no limits. Hallelujah. I have spoken to you using figurative language, but the time is coming when I no longer will teach you with veiled speech. But I will teach you about the Father with your eyes unveiled, and I will not need to ask the Father on your behalf, for you'll ask Him directly because of your new relationship with me. For the Father tenderly loves you because you love me and believe that I come from God. I came to you sent from the Father's presence, and I entered into the created world, and now I will leave this world and return to the Father's side. His disciples said, At last you're speaking to us clearly and not using veiled speech and metaphors. Now we understand that you know everything there is to know, and we don't need to question you further, and everything you taught us convinces us that you have come directly from God. Jesus replies, Now you finally believe in me, and the time has come when you will be scattered, and each one of you will go your own way, and leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me, and everything I taught you is so that the peace which is in the will is the peace that is in me will be in you, and I will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Wow. 17. This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son, so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those you, that you have given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth by faithful doing everything you told me to do. 
So my Father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Father, I have manifested who you really are and I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave to me. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have fastened your word firmly in their hearts. And now at last they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave me to speak I have passed on to them. They have received your words and carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence and they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I am not asking on, their, on behalf of, their, of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you, those you have given me. For all who belong to me now belong to you, and all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Holy Father, I am about to leave this world to return and be with you, but my disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one that you have given me, and watch over them so they will be united as one, even as we are one. While I was with these that you have given me, I have kept them safe by your name so that you have given me. Not one of them is lost except the one that was destined to be lost, so that scripture would be fulfilled. But now I am returning to you, so Father, I pray that they will experience and enter my joyous delight in you, so that it's is fulfilled in them and overflows. I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them. For their alliance is no longer to this world, because I am not of this world. I am, I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask you that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth. So make them holy by the truth. I have commissioned them to represent me, just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice, so that they will live as fully dedicated to God, and He made holy by your truth. For they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. Jesus prays for you. And I ask not only for those disciples, but I also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together as one. Even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one, I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given me, to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You've lived fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see what your love, that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have loved for me. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. 
Then they will see my glory, full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me, because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteousness, Father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all of those who believe in me also know that you have sent for me. I have revealed to them who you are, and I will continue to make your, you even more real to them, so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me, and your love will now live in them, even as I live in them. Amen. We're doing a teaching today on John 14, verse 10. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your great love. Thank you for giving, keeping us spiritually fit. Thank you for providing for us, Lord. Houses, income to pay for the houses, riches, riches, thank you. Inheritances from fathers, teaching from fathers. And prudent spouses that are from the Lord. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're telling the Spirit in our spirit, Lord. Blessed be your word. Today, chapter 14 of John. Okay, verse 10. Believe thou not that I am in the Father and that the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work works and number verse 12 says verily verily i say unto you he that believeth on me the works that i do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because i go unto my father and whatever you shall ask in my name that will i do that the father may be glorified in the son if you shall ask anything in my name i will do it if you love me keep my commandments and i will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Amen. Forever. Very long time. Okay, spiritual warfare. You can face the, your battles with all of heaven backing you up. There may be some battles you're facing right now in your life. You may be struggling under a heavy financial burden, maybe. Your husband or wife may be unsaved. Your marriage relationship may be deteriorating. You may have unsafe loved ones. You may have friends or relatives who are hooked on drugs or alcohol. Whatever the problem, whatever the need, you must remember that Satan has been defeated and that Jesus has given you the ultimate strategy, the all-power, indestructible, unchangeable name that is above every name. Just as Jesus faced Satan with all the authority of heaven backing him up, you can face your battles with all the power and authority of heaven backing you up. Regardless of how difficult or impossible this situation may seem to you, regardless of how long or how hard you may have prayed and fasted in the past without any visible results, when you begin to realize the power and authority that belongs to you in Jesus' name and what is behind that name, you are going to be able to take the victory that belongs to you. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, 
He gathered the disciples together in the upper room to prepare them for battle. He knew he was going back to his Father in heaven, and he wanted them to be equipped and prepared to face the onslaught of the enemy, the trials and persecutions, the challenge of evangelizing the world. Part of the disciples' battle plan included the strategy of using the powerful, indestruction name of Jesus. Jesus did not plan for them to experience one defeat after another. He did not plan for them to be fearful, discouraged, or beaten down by the enemy. In essence, Jesus told them, Don't be afraid, discouraged, or depressed because I am leaving you. You're going to do even greater things than I have done, he told them. I am going back to the Father, and whatever you ask in my name, I will do it for you. The purpose of granting their request was that the Father would be glorified through the name of his Son. Again, purpose indicates that the Father is being glorified in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, through the miracle. They weren't being sent out to face the enemy on their own. In their own names, Jesus sent them out prepared to face the enemy, equipped for any problem they might face with all of heaven backing them up in his name. Jesus told them that although he was going away and they would weep and mourn as a woman travailed before giving birth, that in a short while he would see them again and their mourning would turn to joy. He said, Do you inquire among yourself of what I said a little while and you shall not see me, and again a little while you shall see me again? And you know therefore have sorrow? But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man take it from you. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. John 16, 19, 22, and 23. As he spoke to them the night in the upper room, Jesus knew that the following day he was going out into battle to face Satan. He knew he would be walking the road of Calvary, that he would be scourged, mocked, and beaten. He knew that he would hang on the cross and die. He knew that disciples would be discouraged and filled with sorrow because of his death and because he would no longer be with them. But he knew in a little while, three short days, he would rise in triumph from the grave and he would see them again and they would rejoice. In essence, he was saying, in that day after I have risen from the dead, and that day, after I have defeated Satan and stripped him of his power, and that day, after I have broken the power of sin, sickness, and death, and that day, when I am exalted above all power and principality, and given the name that is above every name, and that day, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. I will back it up. I will make it come to pass. We are living in that day. The same promise belongs to you and every born-again child of God. Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and you have that legal right and authority to use his name. Amen. Amen. And John fourteen twenty one says, He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be love of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. 
manifest, show up to him. 24, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. Again, we're supposed to keep Jesus' sayings. It's a show that we love him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word. Lord, we just thank you that it is effective. Lord, we just pray against sickness, poverty, death, disease. We cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ. Go! It's unlawful for you to be here in our homes, in our bodies, in our communities. <clears throat> the Lord rebuke you. Sickness, loneliness, deceit, sin, death. We cast you out in Jesus' name. Be made whole, body of Christ. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 16, verses 1 through 20. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out to and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white robes sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. The woman fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were so, so too frightening. Then they briefly reported all this to Peter and his companions. Afterwards, Jesus himself sent them out from east to west with the sacred and unfailing message of salvation that gives eternal life. Longer ending a mark. After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went out to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had been with, seen him, they didn't believe her. Afterwards, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had been seen him after he had been raised from the dead. And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized, you will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues languages. 
They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. When the Lord had finished talking, when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went over where the, where and preached everywhere. And the Lord's works through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Amen. Reading Matthew 13, the Passion Translation, the Parables of Jesus. Later that day, Jesus left the house and sat by the lakeshore to teach the people. <clears throat> Soon there were so many people surrounding him that he had to teach sitting on a boat while the large crowd stood on the shore. He taught them many things by using stories, parables that would illustrate spiritual truth, saying, Consider this, Jesus said, There was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some fell along the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. Some other seeds fell on gravel that had no topsoil. The seeds quickly shot up, but when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns and weeds, so when the seeds sprouted, so did the weeds, crowding out the good plants. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. If you're able to understand this, then you need to respond. Then his disciples approached Jesus and asked, Why do you always speak to people on these hard-to-understand parables? He explained, You have been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden truth and mysteries of the realms of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have will be taken from them. That's why I teach the people using parables, because they think they're looking for truth. Yet, because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they never fully perceive the message I speak. The prophecy of Isaiah describes them perfectly. Although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing I say. <clears throat> they look and pretend to see, but the eyes of their hearts are closed. Their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged and are hard to, of hearing. And they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see and open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. Then they would turn to me and let me instantly heal them. But your eyes are privileged, for they see. Delighted are your ears, for they are open to hear all these things. Many prophets and godly people in times past yearned to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. 
They would have given everything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear. Yet they didn't get to see as much as a glimpse or hear even a whisper. Now you are ready to listen to the revelation of the parable of the sower and his seeds. The seed that fell in the beaten path presented the heart of the one who hears the message of the kingdom realm but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. The seed sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, trouble and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away, for the truth didn't sink deeply into his heart. The seeds sown among weeds represent the person who receives the message. But all of his life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message and preventing him from hearing, from bearing spiritual fruit. As for the seed that fell upon good soil and rich, it represents the heart of people who hear and fully embrace the message of heaven's kingdom realm. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as it was sown. <clears throat> the parable of the weeds. Then Jesus taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But at night, when everyone was asleep, an enemy came and planted poison weeds among the wheat and ran away. When the wheat sprouted and bore grain, the weeds also appeared. So the farmer's hired hands came to him and said, Sir, wasn't that good seed that you sown in the field? Where did all these weeds come from? He answered, This has to be work of an enemy. They replied, Do you want us to go and gather up all the weeds? No, he said, if you pull out the weeds, you might uproot the wheat of the same time. If you pull out the weeds, you might uproot the wheat at the same time. You must allow them both to grow together until the end of the time of the harvest. At that time, I'll tell my harvesters to make sure they gather the weeds first and tie them all in bundles to be burned. Then they will harvest the wheat and put it in my barns. Then Jesus taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to the tiny, tiny mustard seed that a man takes and plants in his field. Although the smallest of all the seeds, it eventually grows into the greatest of garden plants, becoming a tree for birds to come and build their nests in its branches. Then he taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to yeast that a woman takes and blends into three measures of flour and then waits until all the dough rises. Prophecy and Parables Whenever Jesus addressed the crowd, he always spoke in allegories. He never spoke without using parables. He did this in order to fulfill the prophecy. I will speak to you in allegories. 
I will reveal secrets that have been concealed since before the foundations of the world. Jesus explains the parables. Jesus left the crowd and went inside the house where he was staying. Then the disciples approached him and asked him, Please explain the deeper meaning of the parable of the weeds growing in the field of wheat. He answered, The man who sowed his field with good seed represents me, the Son of Man, and the field is the world. The good seed I sow are the children of the kingdom realm. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest points to the end of this age, and the harvesters are God's messengers. As the weeds are bundled up and thrown into the fire, so it will be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his messengers, and they will uproot everything out of his kingdom. All the lawless ones and everything that causes sin will be removed. And they will throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will experience great sorrow, pain, and anguish. Then the godly ones will shine like the brightness of the sun in their hearts. Excuse me. Then the godly ones will shine like the brightness of the sun in their father's kingdom realm. If you're able to understand this, then you better respond. I understand. I understand, Lord. Parables of hidden treasure and extraordinary pearl. Heaven's kingdom round can be illustrated like this. A person discovered that there was hidden treasure in a field. Upon finding it, he hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. Heaven's kingdom realm is like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had in exchange for it. The Parable of the Fishing Net Again, Heaven's kingdom realm is like a fisherman who casts his large net into the lake, catching an assortment of different kinds of fish. When the net was filled, the fishermen hauled it up on the shore, and they all sat down and to sort out their catch. They collected the good fish in baskets and threw the bad away. And so it will be at the close of this age. The messenger will soon come and separate the evil from among the godly and throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will experience great sorrow, pain, and anguish. Now do you understand all this? Yes, they replied. He responded, Every scholar of the scriptures who is instructed in the ways of heaven's kingdom's realm is like a wealthy homeowner with his house filled with treasures, both new and old. And he knows how and when to bring them out to show others. Every scholar of the scripture who is instructed in the ways of heaven's kingdom realm is like a wealthy homeowner with his house filled with treasures, both new 
and old, and he knows how and when to bring them out to show others. Right after Jesus taught this series of parables, he left from there. Jesus rejected on in his hometown. When Jesus arrived in his hometown of Nazareth, he began teaching the people in the synagogue. Everyone was dazed, overwhelmed with astonishment over the depth of revelation they were hearing. They said to one another, Where did this man get such great wisdom and miraculous powers? Isn't he just a woodworker's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? And his four brothers, Jacob, Joseph, Simon, and Judah. And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? How did he get all this revelation and power? And the people became offended and began to turn against him. Jesus said, There's only one place a prophet isn't honored, his own hometown. And their great unbelief kept him from doing any mighty miracles in Nazareth. God bless you. Have a great 24 hours today. That was a big meal we ate, seven-course meal. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his counts, and give you peace these 24 hours. Amen.